0: Welcome back to Cooper Duper, a Twin Peaks podcast for regular people. This is Jess. This is Mikey. And uh, it's just the two of us today. We can make it if we try. Um, we are watching...
1: 98% of the, these episodes by ourselves. You make well, yeah, it sound like this is unique.
0: But we've done the last three episodes with guests or whatever, or four, or however many we've done. And anyway, it's just us. And Mikey, you loved this episode, or... No, this is... This
1: is... Top to bottom, my least favorite episode. So
0: this, you like less than the DK episode. Yeah,
1: there's at least, like some stuff doesn't quite hit the mark in Mm -hmm. that episode. And there's, you know, a lot of the Evelyn James storyline, which is dumb, but you kind of just tune that part out and the rest of it, there's good. There's very little good stuff in this episode.
0: Yeah, I think there's like one or two parts that I
1: actually laughed at. It's the bringing back... The, the Log Lady and Major Briggs and mm-hmm. the, the, the tattoo comparison thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's about it. Yeah. Some of yeah. the Pete stuff, I guess, but, like, it just, ugh. Like, the whole Ghostwood thing goes on for way too long.
0: Which, honestly, I would bet that most people understand Ghostwood as a concept, but, like, do not know What it is Like Ghostwood Estates Is something that's Tossed around so much And it's just kind of Become a MacGuffin That like You don't think about What they really What it really means Or what they want It's just Ghostwood Estates Is what it is Yeah
1: And I just And Truman's grieving Is so unearned Like (laughs) And also I never Like I never bought That there was Any passion Between the two of them So like
0: They seemed like Fuck buddies to me If that
1: Like it was just like It was it, It his his over the top. Oh my god, I'm so devastated acting. Mm-hmm. And everything in those scenes is so unearned.
0: Yeah, and I think the problem I have with with Harry and Josie's relationship is it is a lot of tell don't show. Yeah. Like you we know that they're in love because he says I love you. And we know they're having sex because we see them having sex. But there's no chemistry between them.
1: None. Right. And that's kind of the beauty of Truman's character is that, like, he's never asked to give these big acting moments. Like, he's so understated in everything. And I kind of like that about it. So then... When you need to do this, you're like, "What? Who the fuck is this guy? None of this makes sense."
0: It kind of feels like I remember later on in um, this is a weird callback, but Desperate Housewives, where it had been on for a year or two, and like some of the actresses were getting nominations and award wins, and Eva Longoria got fuck all, and so they wrote all these like really dramatic plots oh, really? for her to like just do some acting, like chew that scenery. And so that's yeah. kind of what it made me. It really felt like. You know what? Like, I really want to take a swing. I want to take a big swing at an acting moment. Like, my character has yeah. been subdued. I don't. I, I shouldn't blame it on him, but like, that's what it feels like. We've had this sort of sub- subdued, sort of audience surrogate to some extent, mm-hmm. um, guy, and like, if we're trying to plumb all of the drama, like he's not been very dramatic. So I bet we could find something. Yeah. That that's my that would be my guess. Of, like, but it also
1: means too like. You want to get more, okay? We let's get more out of the characters we have. You pulled him away from everybody and shut him off. And I like that doesn't, ha- I get yeah, No, it's, I know. it's all just so bizarre. Yeah,
0: it's not great. Uh, so this came out March 28th, 1991. It was written by Barry Pullman, who I'm not familiar he's, with. He's
1: written a bunch.
0: Um, and James Foley is he directed is- to Foley or is he related to like Foley art?
1: Oh right, probably not. Um he most famous for nowadays is he directed the fifty shades of gray sequels. Oh, sure. Um, why is that a
0: thing you know off the top of your head? I
1: looked it, I looked him up. Oh. Um and but he did like Glengarry Glenn Ross. He did some stuff. He he was Glengarry <laughs> Glenn Ross? Yeah. Hmm. He he was a a working director. And you can see it. There's some there's some interesting directing choices, some Camera movements and things like that that are noteworthy. But I think I even we joked about the so we've been watching these on disc, which mm-hmm. also mean we got to go into the Log Lady intro. I got it. But we've got we also get a the what aired is the recap. And they've always been previously on Twin Peaks and they show you a few clips from last week's episode.
0: Oof. This was this one was so weird. Long. It
1: was really long, and it was like it was Kyle MacLachlan narrating basically everything that's happened since Leland died. Yeah, and it's it's like oh, and then this per- like oh, here's all the stories that are happening, and it was just I, I'm curious to know if anybody out there who is you know more of a Twin Peaks scholar and. Knows about the timeline of release schedule and stuff. Like, what was going on that they needed to do this? Yeah, because so- it seems odd. It's very different, and they were clearly trying to educate new viewers. So my guess is it was right when like this, because this this show had a bunch of hiatus. Mm-hmm. Like it went on hiatus a bunch of times, so like kept getting shifted time slots, and then it would be gone for a little while. So I'm guessing this was the first episode back after a a long break, right? Um, but I'm not... When was the the episode before this? That's Did what you I was just have about to look
0: up. Uh, this is March 28th. Episode 23 was February 16th. So a month and a half break. Okay, so that will let's it. see. I that, but see that's
1: a, a reason enough of like, hey, you haven't seen us in six weeks. Uh, okay. Here's what's going on as a refresher.
0: And February 16th was a Saturday. March 28th was a... March twenty eighth. It could have a Thursday. Okay, so it shifted time
1: slots, and okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, because I looked because it
1: was it was off it was off putting in a way that was like, why are they doing this now? Yeah, but that all makes sense. That there was a big gap.
0: Um. Yeah, I like. I basically spent the entirety of that summation looking up like on this day on March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one, because <laughs> Mikey suggested like was it like air- airing after the Super Bowl there, or something you, like yeah, that? Yeah, you
1: see things like that a lot where a show is airing right after the Super Bowl right. or some event, and they're hoping to get viewer new viewers yeah. to a thing. And and I was like, I wonder if it was around that same, but that. But then in hindsight, I was remembering that the show got shuffled around so mm-hmm. much and, and it put on hiatus. And I was, yeah. So a six-week break and a change of day means new viewers are going to potentially tune mm-hmm. in. So that makes sense.
0: All right. So, uh, we solved our first mystery. <laughs> Good job, gang. It was old Mr. L- Pattinson I l- I the whole time. I listened to
1: the clues in my dreams, and I put that together. I was
0: doing more of a Scooby-Doo thing.
1: See, I picked the show, what we're talking about, to do that kind of thing. I mean... But Scooby-Doo's good. No, who, who no, but like yours a good is Scooby-Doo. kind of on the nose, like a little oh. obvious.
0: I just want a little more subversive. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You
0: know, You know me? Real subversive. Scooby-Doo,
1: okay. real subversive. <laughs> a lot of people talk about how it's one of the most subversive television shows in history.
0: I think Scooby-Doo holds up because it teaches kids to be skeptical about monsters. I do, I do that. Um, they
1: even... Uh, even Catherine says in this episode, I'm a healthy, a healthy skeptic.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready for the Log Lady intro? Sure. I think I'm on the... Are you? <laughs> I, th- I was, but I was still on the last episode, so I want to make sure I'm the correct episode. All right. Sometimes we'll say, all times, things are changing. We are judged as human beings on how we treat our fellow human beings. How do you treat your fellow human beings? At night, just before sleep, as you lay by yourself in the dark, how do you feel about yourself? Are you proud of your behavior? Are you ashamed of your behavior? You know in your heart if you've hurt someone, you know. You know in your heart if you've hurt someone, you know. Okay. If I, think,
1: you, I think she says, you know in your heart you've hurt someone, you know. Oh. I think it's a...
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. If you have hurt someone, don't wait another day before making things right. The world could break apart... With sadness. In the meantime, this feels weirdly prescient for the kind of time
1: in history that we're in. <laughs> there are a bunch of these I've gotten that vibe of like, yeah.
0: So we always record these on the weekend before they're released. So today it's November 1st. So we have two days until the election and I haven't stopped sweating in like <laughs> a month. So I'm pretty uncomfortable yeah. and nervous and scared. And this feels... Oh, my God. I mean, maybe it's when when you're a hammer, everything seems like a nail. Anytime you see somebody like, are you proud of your behavior? I'm like, yeah, Trump, are you? <laughs> God, I need this election. <laughs> okay. So, are you ready to jump in, Michael? Are you? I don't think so, but I think we're going to have to plunge ahead and see what happens. Um, okay, Harry is drinking in the book house, reflecting on memories of Josie. Woof to this whole opening of just like post effects slow-mo Josie yeah. and like... It's this weird.
1: A lot of just overlaying shots, overlaying yeah. shots of,
0: and there aren't that many shadow yeah. romantic shots of them. There's so. none.
1: <laughs> there's not a single romantic shot. Of, there's there's them laying down on the floor together, but like they're both deadpan faces. Yeah, like it's it it's that's why none of this works.
0: Yeah, you re- like in hindsight, I understand that. Like you're trying to just like pair off everyone, but in hindsight, Harry is supposed to be a. I don't want to say flat because I don't think he's a flat character. He just is a very just like even keel, even like, keel. yes. Yeah. And then Josie is is flat. I yeah, will say exactly. And so you put those two characters together, and you're just like, are you guys like listening yeah, to the it's radio because like, you're like not concave. To you. It's at this point like <laughs> it's, it's really like... less than flat.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. It's but like like this scene. If this was like, I. Uh, uh, Big Ed who also has like that very stoic even Mm keel demeanor and something crazy like this happened to Norma I would believe Ed in this scene going this big and being so broken Uh by it I would believe that I would even believe like Bobby for Shelley like I would believe those this Josie and and Truman just no is so unbelievable like it always I'm I'm the entire time they were in that relationship, there's always the question of, like, is she using him because mm-hmm. he's an officer? Is he playing her because he suspects her of some shit? So I never believed any of it, even yes. even outside of performances. Like, sure. in the script, I have no reason to believe
0: well, this. Well, it felt like it was two straggler characters who weren't paired off because almost everybody in this show is romantically paired off to somebody. Mm-hmm. And those two weren't, which I would argue is fine. Like, everybody yeah. doesn't need to be, have a love interest to be three-dimensional movie writers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. And I don't think anybody really believe. I-, I think it's just a failure all around. It's a failure of mm-hmm. performance,
1: mm-hmm. the failure of writers. I mean, I think... I, I don't think anything is like specifically bad with Michael Antkian's performance it's big mm-hmm. but I don't think that's the problem The I think the problem is that it doesn't come there's no history to warrant it being that big I, I think if, if there were a stronger relationship in previous episodes I would believe that this is what tipped him off mm-hmm. over the edge and he Kind of exploded I would buy that I don't Because I don't think Any of their relationship Was ever warranted
0: Yeah And that's not to say That we're anti Big performances Because if you look at Leland He was at a hundred A hundred percent of the time And I ate it up Yeah Because it was earned He played this like Big character Mm -hmm. And everything
1: Even even a lot of like Wendy Roby's stuff As Nadine Like Mm -hmm. A lot of that stuff Is over the top Dr. Jacoby is so over the top I'm fine with it Yeah it You're because right. they seem within character mm-hmm. and even if it's oh a character making a a, a hard right turn or mm-hmm. whatever from what they normally would be that's fine but it doesn't this the catalyst doesn't seem true
0: yes yeah and yeah I don't want to dwell on it too much, but a hundred percent,
1: like. But we can't, because.
0: <laughs> well, I guess, my, like, I wanted to talk about how, like, my thought and how Truman, after what we've seen so far, you know, we've seen twenty five episodes of him, and so we kind of know how he responds to various situations, so. Mm-hmm. And he's been in stress situations before. He's been in tragedies before. He's never lost his goddamn fucking mind like this. I hate like,
1: he talks out of the back of his mouth yeah. with his jowls all a-flabber. Get like, off
0: my plane. That's kind yes. of what I was
1: thinking. It is. It's, it's very Harrison Ford. Yeah? Yeah. Okay,
0: we have to stop talking about this. Okay, Hawk brings in a special back- breakfast from Norma. Harry asks how things are at the station, where Cooper and the other lawmen have taken charge and given full attention to the chess game. Uh, Hawk leaves, and Harry pours another drink. I think it was this scene that has one of my favorite, like, hey, if we need shorthand for showing that a guy's losing his shit, we're going to put a whiskey bottle in one hand and a gun in the other, and everybody knows what the fuck is
1: up. And there's the weird spotlight on the table, but he's not in the light. Yeah, It's
0: it's a metaphor, Michael. I can't explain metaphors to you. Um, All right. Enter Annie Blackburn, who arrives at the Double R Diner. And she's introduced by her sister to Shelley Johnson. So Annie Blackburn is Norma's sister, who was in a convent Mm -hmm. for an undetermined amount of time. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you find out more later. Um, And she's played by Heather Graham.
1: But what you also get in this scene, which I like, is a, a long tracking shot to establish her coming in and in which you see that Major Briggs is there mm-hmm. and the log lady I don't know if you see the log lady there or not but she's there as well but it's a, it it sets the stage for mm-hmm. the better part of this yeah
0: now I'm going to try to be you know cuz I'm a reporter I'm very serious about this I'm going to try to be objective but I have to say I do not care for Heather Graham at all, ever, but
1: you—you've never liked Heather Graham. That's—that's—that's that's, yeah, what—that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, not just yeah. Annie Blackburn. I,
0: I do not like Heather Graham right. as an actor. You,
1: as I don't—I don't know that like you've ever even tolerated her in anything.
0: No, I don't know. You know why? Like, I know exactly like, why. Because okay. she was in. Are you ready for this? Um, the second. Austin Powers movie and I Mm. loved that movie, but I always found her even when I was like thirteen or fourteen, like I just found her perform I find her very dead-eyed and very like false. She was in Scrubs, like she was just around in a lot of things I really liked as a kid and she was always in my mind So it's Austin Powers
1: your introduction? Yes. Okay.
0: And then Scrubs, she played a Love Interest. And then I didn't see like um what's she roller girl, the porn one?
1: Yeah. Boogie Nights. Boogie she's, Nights. She's yeah. She's great in Boogie Nights. Um, I didn't. Uh, I mean, Swingers. She's sure, but she like she doesn't have to do much in Swingers. She's just supposed to be pretty.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's the thing about her is she's often cast as like the big doe eyed love interest. Yeah,
1: or or a ditz. Yeah. She's she plays that a lot, which is yeah. a little bit roller girl. But I think you know Paul Thomas Anderson is a great director, and sure. he gave her stuff to work with. Yeah. To to flesh out that character. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't have a strong feeling for Heather Graham one yeah. way or another. You,
0: it's not warranted. She seems like oh, a really yeah. fine person. And it's I,
1: just one of those. Yeah, I, there's. I've got you know actors, actresses like mm-hmm. that too. That I just. I don't know why. I just am not interested in this person.
0: Yeah, like Joel McHale is somebody like that for you. Yeah,
1: like, no. I, I. just.
0: I, <laughs> no, I'm not selling what he, I'm yeah, not what he's selling. I don't
1: know. Okay. Um.
0: She. Uh. She being Annie. Annie requests no charity from her sister. Um, they talk a little bit about, to remind us that she's out of the convent. Oh, we haven't used money in a long time, and this, that, and the other. Um, Major Briggs calls his pie compelling. Um, Shelly gives him his bill, and that's when the log lady notices it. You kind of see her just, like, move in on his neck to they, touch it like a weird they, vampire. They try to do
1: that same shot they did earlier in the series where the cigarette is burning in the ashtray at the police station, and then she steps into frame, and you just see the log step. Um, into fr- they they did a very similar okay shot um, to introduce her again, which at least is like it, it. It perks me. It right so far in this episode, I'm checked out. I'm already yep. checked out from <laughs> from the title sequence. In I'm checked mm-hmm. out, and when you're when this is your first episode back after six weeks, oof, yeah, that's brutal. That's a good point. And so, to have, ooh, boom, log lady's back. Sure, awesome. Sure, we love everybody. Loves the log lady, and she is never used. Right. So that's very exciting to see.
0: Yeah. Um, so she notices the markings on his neck that we saw a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It's kind of behind his ear, right? Yeah, and it's um, like yeah, on his neck, just that- behind his ear. Yeah, they look like three triangles.
1: A it's almost. I
0: bet somebody has that as a Twin Peaks tattoo. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, I've seen a lot of the variation of the combined symbols.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Um, okay, back to the station. Hawk reports Harry's condition to Cooper. They discuss the unusual circumstances of Jody, Josie Packard's death. Um, essentially, Doc Hayward 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 could not find a cause of death. Yeah, and we talked last week. We and her body.
1: Was- was sixty five pounds. was sixty
0: five pounds, which our dog is seventy five pounds. Yeah. So and yeah. she's granted a
1: monstrous dog, but like that's very yeah, very, well, very like it's it's meant to be suspicious. Right. And that was another thing that you can glean from the previously on, which is weird, is cause he mentions that. He's like, Oh and, we, and they and after business dealings and they go and Josie had died presumably from fear, and like they put that out there because I think people didn't get it. Yeah. Or is that what we're supposed to get? Yeah. Or what? But like,
0: like that's what I think. Is that what they meant?
1: Yeah. I don't. So now they're based that they basically like kind of retconned. Right. Josie right. died because she was scared to death. Yeah. And I
0: know no retconned, but definitely like clarified in hindsight. Sure.
1: It, unless unless they were leaving it vague, I don't sure. know. Who knows but it's yeah it's the whole thing is is just odd
0: Mm -hmm. uh leo brings so leo is still like a captive of wyndham earl um he brings him a pair of slippers a pipe and a newspaper as earl comments on life out in the country He examines the newspaper for Cooper's next move in the game, which he interprets as a trick, finding that he is going for a stalemate and is receiving help. This infuriates Earl, and he plays his bamboo flute. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is a dumb thing to have caught, but the way when Earl says that Cooper doesn't know how to stalemate or something like that.
1: Doesn't know the meaning of the word stalemate. But he
0: delivers it in a very odd way. Like, it's clearly supposed to be, like, hyperbole. He doesn't even know the meaning of the word stalemate. But he says it in a very manner of fact, like, Cooper does not know how to stalemate.
1: Which is interesting, because I've heard, and I'm by no means a chess expert, but I've heard people look into this and have like followed the game and like do these moves even make sense yeah. are they you know cause I you know when uh Doc Award gets the chess piece and it's like king or knight to king's bishop three or whatever and you're like I don't even know if that move is available at that time or sure. whatever sure. I don't know what that move means sure but someone actually did the whatever I've seen it sat down and one of the things that they talk about is I don't remember even where I saw this I wish I did I would give them credit but it's not even a stalemate game. A stalemate game has like an, a very specific meaning and it isn't just a tie. Oh. It like, like there's a specific, I don't know what the difference is, but like, I think it's funny that like, they're making a joke, but he doesn't even know the meaning of the word stalemate.
0: But you're not using it right Neither either. are you. Neither <laughs> do you. That's funny. Um, Audrey <laughs> and Dick discuss the Stop Ghostwood Campaign's fashion show, as well as Tim Pinkle's association with the event. So this was a, it it really got me because I thought they were just doing a really gratuitous like full body shot of Audrey because she was like obviously posing. I was like, oh, brother. And it turned out, jokes on me, she was showing some girls
1: how to pose. Yeah. Who
0: appeared to be models and she's a high school senior. So I'm not sure why she was like, don't worry guys, got this in the bag. I
1: think a little bit of what it is too. Sorry, I don't know throat got real really dry um
0: check that wine
1: it all a lot of these characters that are important they needed to reintroduce oh okay so i think this this slow pan up audrey of like oh she's the sultry right this this yeah this is somebody okay this person got a big long intro shot she's important Mm -hmm. and she's sultry Mm -hmm. like a one shot, like you don't have to reintroduce everybody like right. entirely, but they introduce people. Most of these people that we all know, like Log Lady gets that that step in with the mm-hmm. law. Like these people get reintroduced, Sure. and I think that's part of it.
0: Um, and Tim Pinkle is that Squiggy? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and we met him. Is he playing the same character? Y- yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he was a medical equipment salesman
1: about a year ago so which i think is because so much time has passed yeah a funny bit
0: you know what it makes me i like the
1: yeah i like the idea of like this guy came back and you have to be like is he the same yeah is he was he
0: it reminds me of rob rob Hubel's character in the goldbergs that he shows up like oh, once yeah. or twice a season. I'm like, what? I'm a modeling agent now. Yeah. Like, what? Which, I'm a top, yeah, like-
1: he got He went out of business. So this company went I'm this selling shitty. Multi level marketing scheme. Right, I'm and doing this real went estate. bankrupt. Or this like He's just moving on to these new jobs. That's exactly who Pinkle is. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah.
0: Um, Audrey and Jack plan on going.
1: They also had like to- a good exchange, which I liked. Which the, the exchange between Pinkle and Tremaine, where he. Pinkle shows up with like the stuffed. Um, rat. Not rat. <laughs> the stuffed pine weasel. Fair, a pine weasel. And then Tremaine goes to explain in a much clearer what you can probably drop that in or whatever, but the, uh, about how, like, do you, you realize when we're ha- hosting an event about an endangered species, maybe don't bring one in that's like been <laughs> killed and stuffed. Right. Exactly. Like, do, you, do, you, do you see how this, and it was like, I, it's a good little bit. Um, and it also, of course, sets up that they're going to bring alive Pine Weasel right. later. Right. But I thought I thought that was a genuinely yeah, funny, well scripted moment. This is just to show people what the Pine Weasel looks like. I understand the concept perfectly, Mr. Dinkle. Pinkle, the name is
0: Pinkle. But what I'm trying to make clear is that using a stuffed animal to represent an endangered species as an ecological protest constitutes the supreme incongruity.
1: Well, that's clear, Dick.
0: Um, Audrey and Jack then plan on going on a picnic together. We learned that Audrey does not know how to cook. And,
1: and they apologize at each other a bunch for reasons oh, I don't yeah. really understand. Why are they
0: it's it's genuinely the most forced relationship.
1: It's so forced and would, so bad okay. and like you c- it seems like even Sherilyn Fenn and Billy Zane don't want this to happen.
0: I would say these two have more chemistry than Josie and Harry, though.
1: Oof. <laughs> yes. By a smidge, but.
0: I mean, if I was given a spin off show, would I want to watch a show about Harry and Josie or about these two? I would say these two.
1: I want to watch an a Harry and Audrey spin-off
0: <laughs> see now we're talking <laughs> or a, they're partners or, in crime yeah
1: or a Billy Zane and Josie spin-off I would watch that too why though because it'd be hilarious <laughs> oh no yeah that, I mean yeah it's yeah it's all <laughs> ugh.
0: Cooper goes to Harry and tells him about Josie's criminal past. The sheriff commands him to leave the bookhouse. Is this when he has his yelling line that you like?
1: Oh. Get out! Go! Yeah,
0: he really does full on Harrison Ford when he gets mad, yeah. like a Harrison Ford Nixon.
1: I just, I want, I want oh. him to be like yelling something about Provasnik. <laughs> little fugitive reference.
0: Oh. I just,
1: it's. Like, I want him to have that shaky finger point that Harrison Ford has. Yeah.
0: Um, Eckert's assistant Josie. Wait, nope. Eckert's assistant Jones visits Catherine. Um, Is that that blonde woman?
1: No. What Um, blonde woman?
0: Isn't there a blonde woman at the end? No, she's she's not blonde. Oh, is she not blonde?
1: No, the tall, dark hair. Oh, does
0: she? (laughs) Yeah. I think in my head. Borderline black hair. I think in my head I was just replacing her with um what's her face from the
1: um
0: Evelyn oh. like I just like transposed her face yeah, that could be. on this woman <laughs>
1: yeah, no, jo in Jones we've seen she's she's been in it oh, r- gotcha. as Eckert like when when they're checking in at the great northern she's with Eckert mm-hmm. like it's she's been there but she hasn't really had character mm-hmm. yet.
0: Um, so they discussed the barrier. And everyone plant. was
1: clamoring for it. So they took that hiatus so they could be like, <laughs> what can we do with the Jones character? The audience clearly wants it's it. We should go dust. on hiatus and we should bring her to the forefront. And so this oh, is what they came it, bring back
0: the with. actress in. I want to hear her thoughts yeah, on where her exactly, character's going. Exactly.
1: And it was a smart move because they crushed <laughs> it. Crushed
0: it. <laughs> uh, they discuss uh, burial plans for Eckert, and Jones gives Catherine a puzzle box from Eckhart. Now, I don't remember this pu- puzzle box. However, the noise Mikey made when the
1: puzzle I, box was introduced was alarming. I just... It's like... It's just funny to me that I've seen... This is... I don't... I mean... times I've seen this show all the Mm -hmm. way through every once in a while I'm still surprised by a whole plot line that I just (laughs) forgot about because it's dumb and the puzzle box is a thing I just straight up forgot Mm -hmm. about
0: um okay so we go to uh, Donna's house um she answers the door and sees who we know is Earl but Donna,
1: <laughs> of course, it's Winter Merle doing Pete Martel cosplay. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what I thought too.
1: Yeah, I honestly like you. Look at it for a second. And you're like, why did the thing did they is- not have Jack Nance that day? <laughs> and they, what what is this? This
0: thing is for me. They do a slightly too good job at disguising Wyndham Earl because I see him in like, there's just so many random characters who pop up. I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know, just some random dude. <laughs> like, it would not be out of the, the realm of Yeah, because you,
1: you see him introduced in the Pete Martel cosplay right. or the biker guy right. cosplay. So you don't you see don't, him
0: like dastardly putting on yeah, his hat
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting a mustache on. But they at least introduce him every time with a close up.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: So that you can see his eyes, and you can hopefully yeah. put the, that together. But. The
0: guy who plays Wintermarl is not a, an especially distinctive-looking man, and I have uh, white guy face blindness. Uh-huh. Um, I genuinely have real struggle telling dudes apart sometimes, and this is not helping that. I just yeah. like it's. There's usually like a music sting and like a close up that I get it from context clues, mm-hmm. but like were it not for that, I'd be like, all right, new white guy, bring him on. <laughs> the more, the merrier, I guess. Um, so she is in disguise as her friend, her father's friend, Doctor Gerald Craig. She welcomes him inside, and he soon leaves her with a gift for her father. It's just not a well constructed sentence. No. Oh.
1: And <laughs> even the this even the shot was not well constructed. There's like a bunch of camera equipment. Now,
0: I'm sure I edited that down, yeah. but it took me what six runs at that sentence <laughs> to like say that. it. I don't know why. Uh, Pete uses various chessboards to figure out the stalemate game to lose no pieces. This is a good scene. Love this scene. This is
1: a fun scene. Um, but it's and maybe it may, be, it may be just a okay, fine, regular, medium scene. Yeah, that seems incredible in context with the rest of this episode. It
0: does remind you why you like this show. so yes. much. Yes,
1: yes, that's exactly what it is. And and I and I do I love this scene mm-hmm. right, because of that.
0: Um. So Pete again, even though
1: Pete's makeup is prominent Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, I love this turn of Pete being a chess master. Like, that's such a great, weird use of his character. Like, it this is, is one way that Twin Peaks is like, um, let's do this with this character. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, but also, it's believable.
1: Like a dude who just like loves fishing yeah. and like, yeah, yeah he plays chess. I yeah. totally believe that. Like, that's not out of the realm of possibilities.
0: Did he play chess with Catherine?
1: Him and Andrew used to play. That's what uh, they said. Him and Andrew. Yeah, used to play. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Used okay, that tracks in. Um. <laughs> I really like this part. Um, so, anyway, so so Pete has found a way to um, to cause a stalemate without losing at least six pieces, which translates to six people dying. Andy and Lucy are off in their corner. Also, we haven't seen Andy and Lucy together that yeah. much this yeah. season. Um, Andy and Lucy pl- also play a game of chess and have a small argument over Andy not realizing that the knight my- <laughs> the knight must move with the quote. Hook thing. You can't do that.
1: My students.
0: Mr. Martell, Andy moved his knight without doing the little hook thing.
1: You don't have to do the little hook thing, that's optional. Andy, uh, the knight has to do the little hook thing. Every time? It's a privilege. No one else gets to make that move. Okay, Mr. Martell. I guess some people don't know quite as much as they think they do. Check. So good. It's it's the best. The best is because you you don't... The whole scene is there's tension and it's intense because Pete is frantically trying to figure out how to do this without somebody dying. Right. And presumably he feels some guilt if he can't figure it out. And Cooper's trying to reinforce... And the-, the stakes are high. And then you just hear in the background <laughs> that you don't even know they're in the scene. Uh-huh. Lucy just starts yelling at Andy because, yeah. no, you can't do that. Right. And it's a great little, like, shift of energy and focus to something. It's really, really well done.
0: Yeah, I, I will have dropped it in already. But somebody says something about, like, the hook thing is the privilege of that yeah. piece. I, I think it's Pete. But just, yeah. like, that... <laughs>
1: It's it's the I don't best. Think it's, optional. it's the so best good. because it's it's like no, because Andy's like no, it's optional, and he's like kind of like stern about yeah. it, and he's like no, what kind of condescending n- about it. No, Andy, and he's like, well, every time, <laughs> like like as though like well, the way I always played it, like right, it's right. you know what I mean, like it's very like the way we played. Ben instead East. of just being like, oh, you're right, I I'm incorrect. I thought I didn't realize that it would. It's well, well, well. Let me find a way to try to be defensive first. Like it's just so. It
0: reminds me a lot honest. of being twelve and having arguments about house rules and board games. Oh, like, yeah. What we played that you have to pick a card until you get a card that you can use. Well, I played you only have to pick one card yeah. if you're like. It's just all of that. It's just I a love child. that. Have you ever
1: seen Uno's Twitter account? the uno twitter account just occasionally blasts out rules and it it's i can see it break like it's great i've seen like all sorts of threads they're like yeah you only have to if you can't play you only have to draw one card and people are like what this is insanity it's so good
0: how is uno like, maybe it's just its simplicity, but Uno just feels like the universal, like, every single person at one point in their life went through a huge Uno phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we did. We were on vacation. I played with your family on vacation. Well, because it's
1: also, like, vacations are, it's the type of thing, it's a game you can play, and it's tiny. You and, don't need a board. You don't need, to a, yeah. a, like, a big table to,
0: yeah. And, Kids can understand yeah. it. Yeah, it's primary colors and like mm-hmm. giant numbers. It's not like counting, and it's
1: even a little bit learning. Like it's oh, you know, like yeah, pattern matching things. But yeah, they they've they've got an excellent Twitter.
0: <laughs> um, Major Briggs and the Log Lady arrive at the station. Have Major Briggs and the Log Lady been tied together this much the whole time? I feel like like this season they tend to appear together. Uh, Is because they're both redheads.
1: No, but they're the... Thank you no.
0: for touching that question, though. No, good, good thought, Jessica. Well, I, was, I don't think that's it, I was, but...
1: I'm used to starting my sentences with no, but... It's sort of the antithesis to Second City over here. Um, But they, they've both been consistently the two uh, paranormal or... Oh, yeah. You that know, totally makes like they're, sense, of course. They're, they're, they have otherworldly connections. Sure. So, presumably, those need to be 100% linked to each other. Cool.
0: So, um, Major Briggs' log lady discussed with Cooper their respective markings that they received from their respective disappearances. Margaret, Respectively. <laughs> Margaret's having occurred when she was seven years old. She noted that she heard the call of an owl during this experience and heard the same when her husband they, they died. They
1: dive in uh, The Secret History of Twin Peaks, the Mark Frost book. They dive into this a lot. Oh, which yeah. is a really, really cool part of that whole story. It's like them diving into, like, newspaper articles and quotes from Margaret when she was, like, seven and cool. stuff like that of, like... This is the story that supposedly ha- happened on this big camping trip. And they really dive into that, which is which is a really cool That's fun. part of that book, I think.
0: Jack sings to Audrey on their picnic. Now, I'm going to take this one first, Michael. Um, as a human woman who has been sang at multiple times, it's oh, the
1: God. fucking so
0: worst. It's the literal worst. You know what's the worst part about it? Eye contact. Don't like it. Don't want it. Don't need it. If you're gonna play me a song i want to sit maybe first of all i don't want to be there second of all i want to be maybe next to you i don't want to be facing you so you can gaze into my eyes as you sing to me fuck that <laughs>
1: shit and it's like he's singing a song about like what was the song even it's it's like some old cowboy song like it do, has nothing to fucking do with anything do you think it was- it's not even a like a song about like the first time I saw Beauty or like <laughs> something that would be remotely related to her. It's some awful song about like being a cowboy.
0: Do you think Billy Zane had it in his contract that he had to sing? Oh, fuck. I, I, I have to sing and I have to wear wigs. Those are the, the I, one-two
1: punch of the Zane. I hope not because it's not that good. It's He sounds it's like he's someone who is not a singer who... Singing was in the script, and they're like, "Okay, we'll get you a coach, and we'll we'll get you to be able to to muscle your way through it, and it won't be terrible." Mm-hmm. That's what terrible. it sounds like. So if he, if he had it in his contract. That would <laughs> that was a bold move on Billy Zane's part. But it's brutal, and she's uh oh, it's
0: it's awful.
1: You never had anyone serenade you before. Oh. Like, what the fuck? It's the worst. I can't even. I can't even Like. My chest hurts just thinking about singing at someone. Can
0: I ask? Because you're not,
1: because you can't sing. It's impossible to sing to someone.
0: Oh, is it? You have to sing at them. Oh, I see. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Can I pause it? Can I just ask you a hypothetical question? It's called Which is Worse? The Jessica Greif story. Oh, Christ. Which is worse? Dudes singing, usually it's like a, a guitar and singing and a lot of eye contact. What is worse? That? Or, my college boyfriend, who I stayed friends with when we had parties at my house, after we stopped seeing each other, would go in my room, get my guitar, and play it to impress other girls at the party. Which do you think is worse? Because I'm going to give you a hint, it's the same guy who did both things. Mikey is thinking. The audio didn't cut out. <laughs> what is this? I'm not gonna cut any of this. Everyone has
1: to sit in this with you.
0: It's. I'm gonna say neither are good.
1: Right. Which.
0: Mikey. Mikey. Which is worse from whose perspective? (laughs) From me, everything's from my perspective. Okay,
1: then him singing at you
0: is worse from my perspective. Yes. Okay. Because at
1: least, I mean, the worst part is that like you kept inviting him back.
0: Well, he was in our friend group.
1: Yeah, still (laughs) you that's a little on you that's a little on you
0: you know what you should treat him with some respect because when you and I started dating he called me and gave me i I've been in love with you this whole time and I picked you Michael Grave I bet I would have a weird guitar podcast with him if we got married oh god he'd be such a bad husband sliding doors you know (laughs)
1: that's worse. That movie is terrible.
0: I've never seen it. I kind of want to because it's always, they always talk about it in like pop culture. I get the gist of it. It's one of of those
1: that like, there's a handful of movies that I always think are a really, really clever idea and then I get angry because the person who used the idea used it so poorly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sliding Doors is one of them and I always thought, um, What's Up Tiger Lily? The Woody Allen movie where he, took a foreign film and then just wrote a new script and redubbed it with an entirely new premise. Mm-hmm. Was a clever idea, but I wanted to see like Mel Brooks do that. Yeah. Or somebody funny. You know what I mean? Like I there's I think that that's a concept that was clever that could have been funny done.
0: funny and also someone who's not a sex criminal.
1: Yeah, sure. Oh, Mel Brooks.
0: I know. Wait, he's still alive, right? Yeah, but oh, you just scared me. I just, me. I love
1: him. He just is. He's been po- like posting shit with his I son know. and stuff. Yikes. And he's Carl Reiner just died, which
0: God doesn't that like break your heart it's, for him? It, they yeah. were the best, best friends.
1: I my one of my all time favorite stories is them is the, the thing the about perimeter? yeah. I think we've talked about it on this They show get already. together like they would get together once a week, and they'd have like. They have a housekeeper who would make them lunch, like sandwiches or whatever, and they would watch a, what they called a Secure the Perimeter movie, <laughs> which is literally just any movie that they can find that they've never seen, where they can look at, they can read the description and look at the box cover and be like, yeah, at some point, somebody's going to say Secure the Perimeter.
0: And the, the secondary one on that was, you look like hell. <laughs>
1: uh, no, <laughs> or get some sleep? Yeah, yeah, get some rest. Get, get some rest.
0: Not as <laughs> you look like hell.
1: Yeah. Which would also but, be but good. the same idea like they find those movies and then and then Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner just sit and watch those movies.
0: Bless like, them. I just
1: love the idea of these two like ninety year old men sitting watching like really bad action mm-hmm.
0: movies. From what I can tell, those two were just the definition of wholesome masculinity. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. I really liked their friendship. Um. Whew, we got a little far afield of what we were doing yeah
1: but it was so much better
0: <laughs> Jack sings to Audrey on their picnic and she expresses the belief Fuck that nobody me. truly knows her and he expresses his interest in her and I think this is when they smooch unclear okay next scene Dr. and Eileen Hayward arrive home from the grocery store I'm sorry do couples grocery shop together is that a thing couples do should we grocery shop together i like grocery shopping by by myself don't come with me I know.
1: sometimes whatever they they got one bag worth of groceries so
0: did i have a bag maybe maybe maybe
1: he has maybe he has to help her because she's got her the wheelchair Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um donna tells them about craig's visit which which they say to be impossible because craig died years ago i actually like this little turn yeah this is good because that meant like it wasn't it was Mr. Random Name. It was somebody from his
1: past. He'd done yeah. research. That was good. Which, and which those are the elements of Merle, I think are excellent. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the meticulous. Like he's done his research mm-hmm. on every fucking thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. About Merle. I hate the the like pajama wearing goofiness. Sure.
0: Pan um eileen calls the number that earl left and learned that it was for a cemetery
1: i thought that was another cool yeah match. i thought that great. was really cool
0: um doc- and,
1: and you're bringing in mrs hayward again like i mm-hmm. was happy to see her she's been i mean she becomes a, a prominent character in the next several episodes but she gets a whole arc mm-hmm. um but it's nice to see these people come back in again sure
0: um doc haywood opens the gift and he finds earl's next chess move which he leaves to go deliver to Cooper. Now we're over at the uh, Hurley's house. So Dr. Jacoby, Big Ed, and Nadine are sitting there. So I I loved this dynamic. So it's Dr. Jacoby kind of, um, what's the word when you're moderating? Mm. It's kind of moderating. And Big Ed is trying to say, like, basically they're trying to convey to Nadine, who thinks she's 16, that they're, quote unquote, breaking up, but they're actually getting a divorce.
1: Well, it's because in the previous episode, Nadine said, we're breaking up. Mm-hmm. And that's when Ed ran, or ran to right. Norma. And now Ed is taking that and saying,
0: we're going to get divorced. You
1: started this. Yeah. Like, we're, this means something. Do you get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ed, you are so serious. These are the dating years. You're acting like this is some really big deal. Doc, Ed, there are no secret tricks or magic words. It's, it's like the dissolving of, of scar tissue around a wound. She'll start to see reality again when her mind begins to feel safe. Well, when will that be? I can't say. That tissue's packed in there pretty hard. Okay.
0: Well, one thing I really don't want to see Ed are any
1: incidents with Mike. No jealous rages. Well, maybe just one. I give up. <sighs> Nadine, you and Ed are about to get a divorce.
0: Gone blind in my left eye. Um, I liked the scene. I thought it was nice. Yeah, it's, and it's and it, some record characters I, who we don't get to see too much. These are of. moments
1: I love Ed of being like this big tough guy, but also like I don't want to hurt her. It's so
0: funny because I don't think I get a tough guy vibe off Ed. Like, He's just physically imposing.
1: Yeah, but like he also like. A lot of that wears away, but early on when like Mike came by and he was like talking shit at the gas station and he's like, he's pushing people around a little bit of like, no, 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 no. Like to protect Donna. Like that's Mm -hmm. in the pilot, I think. Like he's, he's a big, but like, he's also just like a simple man who just, I feel like doesn't understand psychiatry.
0: Okay. You know what I mean? Like the type of thing of
1: like, why are you here? I don't. What do you mean she doesn't get it? I don't understand this. Like, uh, like, like the whole kind of like surface level, like, just like a naive kind huh. of a, a way of like the type of person who, you know what I mean? If someone came up and said, like, said they were trans or something like that, he doesn't go to a point of hate. But I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like he just he can't get his head around the mm-hmm. idea. Like, I think he can't get his head around the idea that she thinks she's 18. What is that well well why? Don't why don't you just not think that? Like yeah. there's there's that simple mindset of mm-hmm. like he doesn't understand mental illness
0: mm-hmm.
1: and feels kind of weird having Jacoby there. I just get that whole vibe from him. Like he like he's not against it. Yeah. But he just
0: I don't understand. He's from a very meat and potatoes kind of yeah, place.
1: exactly. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of like that approach of like, I don't get it, but I'll try it. Sure, you know what I mean. Like it's such a sweet instead of instead of coming at it with fear mm-hmm. and hate, it's like, well, I don't get it, but okay, I'll get, I'll give bringing in this mediator a try. Yeah. I like that. Were, I really, really like that about it. Did
0: you read as a kid uh, Number the Stars by Lois Lowry? Uh, no. I'm realizing, I don't know when it came out, so it might have been even after you were in school. Um, basically, it's a Holocaust book for children. And Interesting. And part of the, so this is my first introduction to What's the whole, it called? Number the Stars? Number the Stars. Um, Ooh. <laughs> oh. I, ju-
1: I just, oh, yeah, like, I, that didn't mean anything to me until you said Holocaust, and then it's like, oh, that has yeah. a whole different meaning now. Yeah.
0: So it came out in 89, so... Okay. It might not have made into like your curriculum because I read it when I was about 12. Mikey's six years older than me. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it's about a... uh, I think from what I remember a German family who's hiding a Jewish family Mm -hmm. and at the time I grew up in a really Catholic area so I understood what religion was it just wasn't a very influential part of my life yeah you
1: weren't your family specifically wasn't religious
0: no they weren't we were like culturally Catholic is kind of the best I could could describe it as but but I did not understand, like, there's a couple Jewish people in my neighborhood, but, like, it wasn't a big population. So I did not at all understand the link between Judaism and, like, ethnicity. Mm. And so I, like, I knew people who were Christian or Catholic, and I understood that it was, like, a thing they more or less chose. It's a practice that they, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah, reading and, yeah, like, I, I, I why don't they just stop being Jewish? Like, Always
1: being confused about Judaism when I was a kid, too, because I didn't understand that, like.
0: The link there's between. two, yeah.
1: Like there's two kinds. Like there's you're born into being Jewish mm-hmm. or you're of Jewish faith, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh anyway. Poof, that was a long walk away. Yeah, it's. I, I kind of want to reread it just to see because yeah. I think I read it, in I mean maybe sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I was pretty young. Back to Big Ed's house, uh, so we've got Dr. Jacoby, Ed, Nadine. They're discussing a the divorce. Nadine is minimizing it. Um, she doesn't understand they're actually married, and then she realizes I think I've lost sight in her, my left
1: eye. Her reaction to it is the best. She she like puts her hand on his hand, to like, and realizes like I can't see my hand. We, and then pulls it back to her right, and is like, <gasps> "I don't like it's."
0: Which, like, she's right an
1: iPad. So delightful, yeah, it's so but it, good. It just shows you how out of it she yeah. really is.
0: Uh, okay, Ben comes to visit Eileen, and uh, Donna watches their discussion, but he can't hear them.
1: She can't hear them.
0: But she can't hear them. Norma examines a flyer for the Miss Twin Peaks contest, and urges. Yeah, Shelly- I mean that's,
1: that's a good little bit that Mm -hmm. it was shot well it's Ben Horn comes to the house although it's like that ends up that story goes somewhere of Ben Horn Mm -hmm. meeting Eileen Hayward and Donna seeing it but so you know what I mean like Ben Horn came over had to talk to Eileen Hayward and like Donna's all like Mm -hmm. what's going on there like I would I'd be like I don't know this local town person this could be fucking about anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, who cares? Because he, he was very, like, cordial. I,
0: and I also wonder how cognizant everybody is to the various subplots that are happening. Like, is Donna aware that he's spent the last few weeks right? or days or whatever, like, right? as a
1: Civil War general? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's also strange.
0: Um. So Norma finds a flyer for the mixed, twi- Miss Twin Peaks concert, or does Shelly compete concert. in it? Contest. (laughs) Oh, God. Hello, Miss Twin Peaks. (laughs) My brain is goo coming out of my ears right now. I want to go to the
1: Miss Twin Peaks concert, though. (laughs) That sounds
0: awesome. (laughs) It'd be a good band name, huh? Oh, boy. Where was I, Michael?
1: There is a band called Twin Peaks. Bugs Norma
0: Man. examines a flyer for the Miss Twin Peaks contest and urges Shelly to complete it, but she dismisses the notion. Earl is disguised as a biker. I do like the idea that he has a little like costume closet in his house and it's like weird shed. <laughs>
1: yeah. Where is he getting all this stuff? Like
0: <laughs> he stopped at an SM store on the way. And, and, it's, got, like, and
1: it's not even just like the clothes. He's got like Prosthetics. Like yeah, pres- like full on prosthetics. Like fake noses and, uh-huh. and like high quality mustaches yep. and beards and, and shit yeah
0: um so shelly doesn't want sh-
1: shelly gives a great speech though when she is like like what sarcastically do? doing and that's a great little bit and i, I love really it. like shelly I, so I do much too. I do too.
0: um but kind of norma encourages her kind of saying there would you say there's cash prize and a scholarship or something like that and and
1: like Norma was a Miss Twin Peaks back in her day like it's a did they not say it there I think I I was in and out Uh, but she it's like it's like kind of a a point of pride and it kind of carries with you in the town and you could become noteworthy beyond this place and it'll help you in college resume you know college applications and things like like all sorts of things that like it's it's a good thing that you can use plus cash prize
0: yeah you know um, Earl is disguised as a biker. He compliments her and urges her to enter the competition. Why does he care? Mayhem. Yeah, uh, or was he just being a creep? Pervo? This
1: is. It's because he, he does the same thing when he meets with Donna. He makes an effort to say that she's beautiful. Makes an effort to say Shelly's beautiful. Mm. This is all setting up his big plan. Which is to take place at the Miss Twin Peaks Festival in the finale. Gotcha. Um, and it goes back to the whole three person that the letter or gathering of the angels at the mm-hmm. roadhouse or whatever of yeah, uh, Audrey, Shelley and Donna.
0: It really is lucky for the Miss Twin Peaks contest that uh, that three of the most beautiful women who've ever lived happen to live in this tiny hey, right? town. That's pretty good. It really works That's out nicely good. for them. Yeah. Um, Okay, Cooper enters, uh, and he meets Annie. Finds an immediate interest in her, which I always find annoying in shows. When, like, somebody walks on screen, and the the character is like... (laughs) I mean... ahuga,
1: ahoga. If that person were Shelley, or Audrey, or Norma, or (laughs) not Heather Graham, who in this scene, is even, like, dead. Like, even when she's, like, leaving, she's, like, he does his, like, cute Cooper, like, Yeah ah, the coffee's perfect, and whatever, and she's, like,
0: not interested.
1: Okay, dude, and just, like, walks away. Also, like,
0: in her defense, like, this felt like the worst iteration of, like, that Cooper charm. Like, it feels sure. very put on. Like, when he, when he does it in the first or second episode or whatever, and does the hand, hold on mm-hmm. his hand thing, and he wants to taste it, it's so charming and weird and funny, and this just felt, like, oh here's an affectation I do I bet sure. she'll find it charming it's yep. like a fucking a guy walking in with like a monocle like she'll ask about this for sure <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
1: but the takeaway from that scene too is that he sees the scar on her wrist no, there's a
0: scar on her wrist like right below as if she had like cut her wrist across the which isn't the most effective way Everybody who's poking out that to give suicide tips. <laughs> um, he tries the coffee, tells her that she made it just right. Um, Earl then leaves. He had seen. Um, he had seen Cooper. He leaves. Hawk arrives, tells Cooper that there's a problem at the bookhouse, and then we do some acting work. <sighs> Cooper and Hawk go to the bookhouse where Andy is waiting. After Harry has thrown around nearly every piece of furniture in a How drunken long rage. Is this episode? We've got two more paragraphs.
1: I just if this feel, it just all seems. This episode feels like a lifetime,
0: and nothing really happens. Right, the pro- like it ended, and I was like, "Oh, was that a conclusion?" Like, like what a terrible. Was there a beginning? back from height. Was there a beginning, middle, and end to that episode? Um. Cooper urges Harry to hand over his gun. Oh, this is
1: the scene when he has the gun in yeah. and the and the whiskey bottle. And he's, like, sitting atop some weird tower of yeah. furniture that he built. and
0: <laughs> It's like a poltergeist. He, like, puts all the chairs on top of the table and sits on it like a throne. Um, Harry refuses, and he begins to speak about how Josie managed to improve everything in his life, and he regrets in not taking her away. Like what? That's what Give me call- one tangible
1: fucking example. Hell
0: don't show... I mean, he's getting laid, so that probably made his life somewhat better. Yeah. Um, Cooper embraces Harry and calms him down. Nice.
1: That's the only thing that makes that seem Love worthwhile. Love these boys hugging. Love That's the these boys comforting The only thing that makes this seem worthwhile is like the wholesome just male mm-hmm. connection of, it's fine, buddy. It's yeah. okay. You can be upset. You can be angry, but mm-hmm. don't be stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: uh, Cooper and Hawk put Harry to bed. Um I, okay, I feel like this is a bad episode, but there's some really lovely bits because Nadine and Mike then go to book a room <laughs> at the Great Northern. This was mm-hmm. so good. They genuinely, lo- especially Mike, looked like two kids on top of their shoulders <laughs> in a trench coat. Yeah. He's wearing this hat that is absolutely absurd. And Nadine is wearing sunglasses <laughs> inside over her eye patch. And for some reason, that made me laugh so fucking hard.
1: <laughs> and, and then the the fucking hat from his like, school makeup. <laughs> What the fuck is... It's like a, a bill that's like a foot and a half long and like oh, yeah. yellow so, and cocked to the side. So, like at, super so they're weird. dressed is up as
0: quote-unquote adults, which is a, a funny concept I like, of an yeah. adult thinks she's a child dressing up as an adult. That's funny. That's just good <laughs> yeah. humor. And then two of Mike's classmates watch it walk in and it's two young women. And they are dressed so aggressively 80s. Like, it feels like...
1: It's... No, it looks... They're they're dressed like members four and five of TLC.
0: <laughs> TLC opened up to like a couple of white yeah, chicks. Yeah, it,
1: like, <laughs> like, we're gonna start bringing in a couple of white people. We got these two girls. They're gonna be Look TLC. Okay, <laughs> like
0: Ophelia and Karen. Yeah, the exactly. Two, the two,
1: She's got this big yellow hat. Like it looks, and the bill is um,
0: genuinely a foot long. Yeah, it's, it's so long.
1: It's insane, and like it's like they like I my assumption in in an effort to rationalize this insanity. I'm excited to hear this. Is that the because uh, Mike and uh, Nadine are kids, quote unquote trying to be adults but also are 35 (laughs) like mike is 35 so like because of that they wanted these other girls to make sure they looked childlike
0: remember that yeah like like these
1: two have to out the gate look like children Mm -hmm. considering that they're also probably 30 you know what I mean? Like like the way all of like, all of our cast is in high half of our cast is in high school, but all of them are full grown adults.
0: I wanted them to put like a little propeller cap yeah, exactly. on Like
1: it's, it's a baby. It's it's like one step like they started there and it's like mm, slightly too much. Can we do just a yellow hat with a really big bill? Like it's one step back from like one small step back from that.
0: Um It's so good though. Um So they, okay, so Nadine and Mike then book a room at the Great Northern Hotel. And it's funny. As Mr. and Mrs. Hinkman, very funny.
1: And then she slams the bell and crushes the thing. Mm -hmm. It's great.
0: Okay, well, okay, Daddy needs me to throw the chipmunk. You bitch. I swear to fucking God, our dog is the biggest asshole. She was just standing next to me, squeaking her little chipmunk at me, which she does when she wants us to throw it, and then she put it down. Walked away like, I'm going to chase it. And I threw it. And she just looked at me like, why did you throw that? It was a gift to you. <laughs> she, I don't know if she's, like, I decided our dog is definitely Andy Dwyer. Like, she's big, and she's a doofus, and she's very lovable. She might have some pro- problematic issues with gay marriage, but that's <laughs> that's more of a real life what's-his-face. We, we found
1: her in a hole. <laughs>
0: She lived in a pit yeah. for the first year we knew her.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And <laughs> she plays guitar surprisingly well. Yeah. She sounds like oh, I thought I would come up with his name. Who's Pearl Jam? Eddie Vedder? She seems like Eddie Vedder.
1: Oh. Yeah, uh, that would have been good. Oh. Oh.
0: Don't don't make her oh. No Michael.
1: That sounded like Eddie Vedder, right?
0: Daddy, you don't need to. I'm gonna cut all this out anyway. I fell into the pit, you fell into the pit, we all fell into the pit. It's not even a good hell. it sounds like a ghost. <laughs> We should sell this to some fully artists as, like, their new monster.
1: Even flow. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: God. Okay. Nailed it. Nadine and Mike book a room at the Great Northern Hotel as Mr. and Mrs. Hankman as the Stop Ghostwood fashion show begins. Dick hosts as Lucy, Lucy and Andy model clothing. Um, they both look absurd. I'm into it. I like it. Uh, Catherine visits Ben at the bar Amused at his attempt to, against the Ghostwood campaign Not convinced that he's made the cha- a change in his values It's a nice um, I feel like this could be clipped into like a nice campaign ad for Biden right now Of like, yeah, I made a lot of money But I realized I'm a monster So I became
1: Yeah, but it's terrible. still unclear
0: yeah, his, yeah, of his, his motivations. motivations are always yeah. suspect. But like he gives a nice little speech about basically money can't buy happiness, kind yeah. of. Um, uh, Tim Pinkle then presents the pine weasel, which bites Dick on the nose. This causes chaos. Ending and Audrey falling into Jack's arms and they share a kiss. Okay. It is, it's like a ferret we establish. Mm-hmm. And ferrets aren't terribly big they're pretty i mean they're long but they're small they're like the size of like daddy's weird squeaker like long toys
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i don't know if i saw a ferret get loose i would scream and stampede for the door
1: uh i mean it's i think this rats are smaller than ferrets and i think people do that but
0: if somebody's holding a rat and it gets loose
1: the problem is it it Bit this guy's nose is spewing blood and then it starts running around all over the place. You don't know the thing's rabid. Yeah. That makes sense. It goes on for way too long. Truly does. Although, I will say, this is a new song. This is a new music cue during this scene, and I kind of like this song.
0: Does the weasel get its own music cue?
1: There is is a new (laughs) song for the weasel. Which is, I think, a thing that has shifted in the last few episodes including this one the music is not just someone bought the twin peaks volume one soundtrack Mm -hmm. and it's just like this song use this song use this new shit's either getting written or they're not overdoing the music there's Mm -hmm. that's the problem with the Diane keaton episode primarily is overuse of music cues sure the music is much more toned down in this and it's still important and effective Mm -hmm. but it's much more toned down
0: yeah so Audrey, and, I don't understand how Audrey falls into his arms the way she did. Did she fall off the stage?
1: Yeah, she was on the stage. Into
0: his arms. Okay, no. and then and they he, smooch. Yeah. which whatever. Um, Jones goes back, be- <laughs> non-blonde Jones apparently, goes back to the bookhouse where she incapacitates a bookhouse boy and joins Harry in bed. And that's the end of that episode.
1: Yeah, huge cliffhanger.
0: I was, like, because... Even before, like, the credits came up, you were, like, clearly ready to... Like, you knew it was done. And I was like, is he going to the bathroom? Like, there's clearly still another scene left in this show. Why would they end it on this nothing burger of a scene? And yet, here we are.
1: Yeah, it's... Like, really and truly, there's about six minutes of decent stuff in this mm-hmm. episode. It's the chess scene. mm mm-hmm. and Lucy. It's the... um uh major briggs and log lady stuff I'll even I'll even put in the the like Norma Shelley and Annie stuff. I don't mind that. At you, least that
0: feels like yeah, it's something. Relevant.
1: And the Jacoby stuff and Nadine stuff. Mm-hmm. Like who would you have thought eight, ten episodes ago your favorite part? of this episode would be the nadine stuff
0: okay that's fair
1: do you know what i'm saying like yeah it's in like that's that just shows you how bad the rest of this episode is is that one of your favorite scenes in this episode two of your favorite scenes in this episode are nadine thinking she's a child
0: yeah and i did come in hot hating that sub that subplot
1: that but that's huh. that's how that's how far down right this some of this stuff has gotten and it's not even like oh like the Eckhart stuff was a little boring and mm-hmm. weird and kind of whatever I like some of the tune stuff it of this out so
0: made us like verbally like oh. there's like
1: it's just that look, the save Ghostwood thing is like a fifteen minute scene <laughs>
0: it's so long it's, and it has so many people we don't care it's, about yeah
1: it's. Truman grieving in an unearned way for 15 minutes mm-hmm. in three or four separate scenes. Mm-hmm. It's so... Ugh. Yeah. I think the next episode is slightly better.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, on par. And then after that is when it starts climbing back up.
0: Okay. Ugh, yeah, yeah, none of it... Was, a lot of it was very, very bad. I also... I mean, maybe it doesn't help. This is 1991, so for me, like, the... A dude experiencing tragedy and just gets shit faced and violent to me is like, okay, yeah, we got it. Men can't handle emotions.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, and especially like a guy who seemingly has been able to, yeah, control his emotions. There's
0: not. You're right. It's your weird.
1: introduction to him is telling like Andy, like, come on, Andy, is this gonna happen every time mm-hmm. when he's Andy's crying because he sees Laura's body? Mm-hmm. Like, you got, you. This is the job, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got to toughen. And now all of a sudden. He's that guy, like, yeah. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, not into it.
1: And uh, then, and then, yeah, this continues a little bit next episode, and then he's fine.
0: Perfect. You know,
1: he needed he needed a day and a half.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, any other closing thoughts on this show before we let people go?
1: Um,
0: I don't know. Real compelling end, just like this episode. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to Cooper Duper at Twin Peaks Podcast for regular people. Hosted by Michael Greif and me, Jessica Blumke Greif. Our podcast logo is by Foraker Creative. You can follow them at Foraker Creative. Our theme music is by Brad Chactus. You can always email us at cooperduperpod at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes and leave us a positive review and tell a friend. We'll see you next week.